Well, we're excited to have Karen Glass and her husband with her today. <laughs> he, what we learned in the last service was he fetches her coffee, and if he spills something, he cleans it up. <laughs> and we are so thrilled to have them. George Lee is a dear friend. He's traveled. Uh, we, we've traveled together all over the place, and uh, a lot. <laughs> And he's loved every minute of it. But uh, he, uh, he's always been there. And, you know, there are people that, that you know, I, I, we love everybody and, you know, and the family of God. But there are, are people that you connect with. And it's, it's, some friendships are for a season, but some are a lifetime. And these are lifetime friendships. Amen. And we're so honored that they're with us today. Would you please make them welcome right now as they come? This is your mic. Thank you, Pastor. Well, I don't know what he told you in first service, so I'm, I'm not sure. He, he has a tendency to um, tell things that, I mean... <laughs> so, um, thank you so much for inviting us back. It's a, a privilege and an honor. It's one thing to come one year, and it's a, quite another to be invited back. So, thank you, our, our dear, dear friends. And this morning, I was thinking about the anniversary service and the longevity and the stability yeah. and the foundation of a church that's been here 103 years. And in this day and age, so many things don't last. Friendships, marriages, churches don't last. And to have one that has a foundation and has lasted all these years is an awesome thing, and I hope y'all realize that. I hope you do. And there is a presence in the house today, a mighty presence, and it's because you have honored the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I want to say this, that while your pastor went through some difficulties, and we don't understand why bad things happen to good people. I do know this, that the Word of God says that all things, work. not some, not a few, but all things work together, together for good mm. to those who are called. Beautiful. And he's called according to his purpose, his purpose, wow. not our purpose, but his purpose. And there's some great things that are going to come from it. You know, your uh, first lady cannot stay one place without ministering to everybody. So you just wait and see what's going to happen. So I know Pastor Rick was laying there and sick and, you know, but she was out ministering while he was deathly ill, I assure you. So. <laughs> she and my husband are quite alike, so I relate to that. But anyway, Father, we thank you for your many blessings. I'm so honored to be in your presence. There is nothing like your presence. And there's nothing that takes the place of your presence. And you are in this house today, Lord. I don't know the needs of the people here today, but you do, Father. And whatever they are, you have the power, the authority to meet every need. So I thank you that you are sweeping through every pew, every chair, every avenue of this building, and you are touching today 
by the power of your presence. And now, Lord, as the word goes forth, let us hear what your spirit would say. In Jesus' name, amen. And everyone said amen. amen. Ray and Erlene Highfield, you are almost perfect except for one regard. You have the wrong zip code. <laughs> 70634. Pastor Rick went. 70634 is my, my zip code. Okay. And they used to live there. Okay. And then God elevated them north, I guess, or whatever. But Erlene, I love you. You're an amazing lady in my life. Incredible organist, pianist, worship leader. I love me some Erlene. Uh, I hugged her. I, Ray, I kissed her four times this morning. <laughs> and you weren't even in the building. <laughs> Ray, I feel don't know how many hundreds or thousands of people that you have touched. Yes. But I thank you for your living. CJ's because of your living. That's just one. And I, I thank you for the lives that you have changed. I want you to know I was the other day in Bilbo Cemetery, as we call it, and I went and stood by Granny's grave and by an amazing boy that I loved and stood there. And I love you very much. Proud of you. Jonathan, I'm cool. <laughs> Isaiah. If I thought you could get my shoes on, I would put yours, let you put them on. But aren't you glad that God loves everybody the way they are? <laughs> Guaranteed. I want to look somewhere like you, like you, and like Eddie. I'm proud of you guys. Thank you for being here wherever your shoes aren't. Okay? You don't, I love you. don't wear shoes. Okay. Can you try those on? Oh, yeah. Sure. Okay. All right. All right. Get them from him after church. Okay. <laughs> I think those are so cool. I asked him in the first service, I said, Jay, uh, I, I said, uh, I said, Case, and I said, I said, do you have another pair of those at home? And uh, he said he, he said he did, just, just like them. Uh -huh. Made me feel good. I hoped he didn't buy them like that, but, uh, um, Kathy, I'd, I'd, I'd have driven up here just to hear you sing that song. Man. Eddie, where's your, where's your sax? Can you, can you get it and bring it up here? I, I know, I'm, I know I'm, this is really impromptu. Thank you. He's exactly. I, I'm not going to want you to play it. I just want you to come up here. Stand right here. Pastor Rick, come stand. I want you just to hold that so, so you, can pretend, you can pretend like you're doing that. Just hold it. Show him, Eddie, how to hold it, okay? There you go. 
He said he wanted to be like you. I just, after, you know, I thought for the church, 103 years. Now we're going to believe, just say, Lord, you can do a miracle. Lord, you can do a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> it may take another 103 years. <laughs> Did we get a picture of that? Y'all, y'all got that? Somebody needs to get a picture of that. I just wanted, Pastor Rick, I wanted you to hold we got, that. We got that live. We got that live. Okay, I just want to make sure. That, that, that's, that's what I really, that's, what, that's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. Would you stay with me? Debbie, can you, can you go to the keyboard for a moment, please? 103 years and something this morning in the 8.30 hour, and Jonathan, I know you were moved because of two things. Number one, to stand here with your father after walking through the challenge of the last weeks and to see the miracle. But you cannot spend 103 years living in principle and not have privilege come to you. And I left the sanctuary this morning. And Pastor Rick, I left with $40 cash that two ladies gave me. I don't think they're here in the second service. I mentioned a lady that I met at the hotel. Her name's Tristan. I met three ladies that work there. And Tristan helped me clean up a mess that I made yesterday in the hotel coffee shop. And I found out she's actually the hotel manager, but she's in the coffee shop cleaning. The other lady that I met is the lady that does the cooking in the kitchen and just saw her hard work and how meticulous everything was and I made mention of Tristan today two ladies met me back over here and they handed me $40 and they said go bless Tristan so I took $20 to Tristan I took $20 to the lady in the kitchen And that's what ministry is. It's not here, it's there. Ministry was in the hall at the hospital. While you were in the hall, Jonathan was taking care of his daddy. (laughs) I want to sing a chorus. I don't know if you sing it. It's, It's old. It's really old. We are standing on holy ground. There's something moving. I don't know if you sense it or not. It's, it's not loud, but it's, it's strong. It's, it's, it's big, and it's here right now. And I don't know who I'm talking to. We're not going to worry too much about anything else just for a moment. But whatever you've come with today, there's all kind of history right here, but there's all kind of promise, and we're going to speak about it in a moment. But I want you to shed everything else out. We're not going to miss this moment of encounter for somebody. The Lord may not come for another 103 years, but He may come in 103 minutes. He might come in 103 seconds. And I want you to feel him. If you've never been in a service like this or never had this interruption, we're going to wait just a moment. We are standing on holy ground. And I know that there are angels all around let us pray 
Everybody, come on. We are standing in His presence on holy ground. One more time. We are standing on holy ground, and I know that there are angels all around. Let us. have to close your eyes but I'm gonna I'm gonna ask that right now just for one more moment if you've come with anything that you just know you can't carry any further and better yet if you've come with one thing you know you just you just don't want to carry some came and said, I can't. Some are, you're just, you're tired of the same old thing. Whatever's been haunting you seemingly or pursuing you. Somebody today, it's a decision. There's a, there's a transition that's happened in your life in the last days that you just know that you got to go. You got to go where he wants you to go. So with your head bowed just for a moment, now would you close your eyes? Father, now in this moment, I thank you that you're enveloping your sons and daughters and wrapping your arms around them. You're taking and lifting the load. You're giving them strength and breathing your breath of life on the inside of them. In Jesus' name. Would you sing one last time? We are standing on holy ground, and I know that there are angels all around. So let us. love the Lord would you say amen before you're seated turn to your neighbor and say there's just something about you I like and you may be seated Jonathan I need you to get a microphone please and I need you to find for me on your phone if you can uh, Revelation 22 and I will ask you to read in just a moment. <clears throat> Verses We're going to go a little different direction here for a moment. You'll start with verse 12. Actually, we'll start with verse 7. And we'll read verse 7, verse 12, 13, 16, and 20. That should be seven, six verses. 
The message today is found and sandwiched in a challenge that Jesus issues in the book of Matthew, the seventh chapter. And he makes a statement after a question has been asked to his disciples. It's actually in the 16th chapter of the book of Matthew. And Jesus has taken his disciples into an area of remote geographic called Caesarea Philippi. This is the 13th verse of the 16th chapter of the book of Matthew. He is very cognizant at this point, Jesus is, as his ministry has moved from the mountains where he first went to preach. And then after he left the mountains, he comes back and he becomes a rabbi, he starts his teaching ministry. So he becomes very popular and he has acquired a, a lot of media. And there's a lot of questions about who he is and about, for lack of a better term, his validity. So he recognizes that the 12 men that he has picked have become at least caught up in the momentum of what others are saying about him. 93 years old? 92. Amazing. Your husband was a minister. And I cannot imagine how many sermons you've heard and you sit here today. We fed children in Honduras too. Fed children in Honduras. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of worship? So, there's all kind of things that these guys are dealing with. Not unlike the world in which we live today. Because there's all kind of sounds and mixtures of opinions about everything. Everybody's got an opinion. How many of you know that? Okay. I am thankful for social media and the benefits, but it lets everybody just say what they think. And sometimes it's amazing what people think. It's amazing what people think and they want you to know what they think. Some of the things that people think, I wouldn't want anybody to know that I think those things. Am I talking to anybody? And so Jesus is aware, and so he sits his disciples down, and he asks them a question. He gets them away, and he says, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So Jesus is looking at these 12 guys, and he says, okay, now I'm going to ask you all a question. Who is everybody saying I am? And they said, some of them say that they are John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. So he asked them first question, who do men say that I am? Then he asked them second question. He says, but who do you say that I am? See, let me remind you that the world we live in today, it does not matter what anybody else says. It really matters what you say. Amen. And when it comes to a relationship with Christ, you cannot live your relationship based on what somebody else is saying about him. And after 103 years of amazing foundation, as Pastor Karen mentioned, it's time that we understand where we are. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? And so then Peter receives what I believe is a revelation. In fact, Jesus calls it that. And he says, Peter speaks up after all of the others had agreed with what others were saying about Jesus and he says, who do you say? And Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Amen. Now, I want you to know, here's what I believe happened in that moment. I don't believe that that was a whisper. I don't believe that when you get a revelation and you really understand who Jesus is, that you're going to whisper anything. <laughs> oh, come on. Can you say amen? amen? I just don't believe that when you really understand something that's, that's for real, that you're going to be quiet about it. Amen. 
when my wife really loves me on certain days. <laughs> She's got this quiet voice, but she has a way of communicating that. But then there are days I walk in the house and she says, oh, I miss you so much. I just can't believe you're home. It hasn't happened yet, but it's going to happen. <laughs> 33 years, I'm believing it's coming. It's coming, John. But Peter says, he's sitting there and he's listening to all of this stuff. And, and, and in the middle of all of the stuff, bam, something hits him. And he says, I got it. You're, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are the Messiah. You are the chosen one. And at that juncture, an electricity went through that group, I believe. Here's what I believe. And I, I, just, I, just, I, just, I, just, I just can almost visualize it. And, and at that juncture, Jesus says, flesh and blood has not revealed. In other words, men haven't told you this. And y'all didn't figure this out. Something came from somewhere to tell you who I am. I'm telling you in this house today, somebody's about to get a revelation of just who he is. Don't misunderstand me. Your pastor has had that experience. Jonathan and Pastor Debbie have had that experience. Why? Because they know that a doctor couldn't do because a doctor had already said, but God stepped in. And when God steps in, something happens and you cannot interrupt what he's doing. Let me tell you what, 103 years, hallelujah, but there's about to be a revelation that transforms this environment. And I'm telling you, this city's not going to be the same. You're not going to be the same because there's a revelation of who he is that's going to change you. Can somebody say amen? amen. It's going to be kind of like Isaiah that walked in here with no shoes, but he's leaving with some shoes. It's going to be like Cason that came in with shoes and ain't got no shoes. You're going to leave with something that you didn't have. You're going to, you're going to get rid of something that you didn't need. Yeah. Am I talking to anybody? Yeah. Pastor Rick can say after 103 years of church and then I've been pastor here 11 years and now I'm almost as good as Eddie. In fact, I look better than Eddie holding that saxophone. <laughs> Next year we're coming. He's going to be playing. Hallelujah. <laughs> if you'll allow me to, we're going to fast forward. In this moment, I'm going to share with you in quick progression seven things from the last chapter of the book of the Bible, Revelation 22. I want you to listen. If you understand who Jesus is, I want you to walk out of here with these progressions in your life and in your mind. I want you to know that when Peter said that, Jesus makes a statement. And he says, upon this revelation, I'm going to build my church. And you know what he says? And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. I will not mess up anything for your pastor to have to fix up when I leave. But hell has loosed its venom on our world and on our culture. And I'm standing in this platform and on this platform today to tell you and to remind you that hell cannot have what God has put in motion. You can call yourself what you want to call yourself. You can get out of a closet or crawl in one. I don't care what you label yourself or what you identify as, but I will tell you this. I am a part of the church of the living God, and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Can you say amen? amen. 
It may be 103 more years, 103 months, 103 days, 103 minutes, or 103 seconds. But I'm telling you what, Jesus Christ is very soon to come. But in the meantime, hell cannot have the church. Let me remind you, don't you come here and expect the church to be perfect. Why isn't it perfect? Because you showed up. Don't understand and think that everything in the church is going to be ideal. Why? Because everybody's got an ideal about what the church is going to be. But I'm going to tell you this. Nobody can tear the church of the living God down. 103 years, you can talk about whatever systems come and gone. But the spirit and the presence and the authority and the power of God is more real today than it's ever been. And today, there's somebody in this house. There may be two. There may be three. There may be four. But I'm telling you what. I'm leaving this building with a declaration that hell will not have what God has put in motion. Would you give him a hand clap? Because he's still just God. When I walked back into the hotel and I gave that lady $20 and then I said, where's Tristan? She says she's at the front desk. I went, she wasn't at the front desk. I knocked on the door and, and, and she came out and I said, here's $20. She said, what's this for? And the other lady said, what's that for? I said, because somebody loves you. They heard your name. They don't know you. They love you. And I said, I'm going to tell you what. Jesus loves you, and I can promise. You see what I'm telling you? That hell cannot have. If you'll just speak him, if you'll just, I don't know what's going to happen to those two ladies, but I'm going to tell you what. They know where this church is, and they know who you are, and they need to understand that whatever's going on in their life, nothing, nothing, nothing from hell can keep God from moving in their life. Can you say amen? Jonathan, I want you to read for me just a minute. Jonathan, you remember the first time I saw you? I do. You were cute then. (laughs) You you were the cutest little boy. And anyway, life changes. (laughs) Old building across town, a little army barracks building that we were worshiping in. Be about four years old. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. Bethany was bossing you. (laughs) Still. (laughs) Yeah. Upper management. You got that spirit from your father. Yeah. (laughs) Take this with you. Seven things. Count them. Jonathan, read for me, please, if you would, from the seventh verse of the 22nd chapter. I want you to read for me through verse, in fact, just read verse 7 for me. Read verse 7. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of this prophecy and of this book. Read again verse 7. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of this prophecy and of this book. In this verse... You need to recognize that what happens here is there is a declaration that is made. And he says, behold, I come quickly. And what else, Jonathan? Blessed is he. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy and this book. The first thing I want you to see that he does is he says, I come quickly. To the church right here on this corner, do I say this? He is coming quickly. I want you to say with me, he's coming quickly. Say he's coming quickly. Say he's coming quickly. I want to say this to you with everything within my core and what I believe, and that is this, that without equivocation, I believe that we will see the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do not believe that our world, I don't know how it's going to happen. I'm not going to get into all of this and all of that, but I will tell you this. I am a believer that we are very soon to see the second coming of Jesus Christ. He said, I am coming quickly. Let me remind you that his quick ain't like your quick. Is there anybody in this room that's a man that's ever waited on a woman? Is there anybody in this room that's a real man that'll say, I've waited on a woman? Okay, we don't have very many real men in here, but anyway, no, I'm... My wife and I have a different time clock. My wife is on time. I'm on time early. You understand? 
Okay, when I say ready, she's starting to get ready. Now, here's what's amazing thing is she's never late, but I'm always anxious. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody have my little affinity and you kind of get knots in your stomach when things aren't right? And think when you're, you want to get there early, okay? And, 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 and so I'm standing there dressed, looking at Karen, and she's like, hmm. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? You turn, your stomach kind of turns, and you walk out of the room, and then you're like, <sighs> and then you walk back in, and you say, baby, you ready yet? And she's going, in a minute. I'm using an analogy to let you know there's an anxiousness. There's an urgency. And I'm going to say this with great respect to whatever your thoughts and ideas are about the coming. You can look around in our world and I can guarantee you that there's not much else that's got to line up. Do you understand that when you see a world that is full of trouble and full of mess and people have lost every form of of identity about God, I'm telling you that at the same juncture, there's an explosion, Pastor Rick, that's about to happen in the church. And I'm telling you, this church is primed and ready. And I'm telling you, there's an urgency in the presence of God that you need to recognize today that very soon he is to come. I'm not a doomsday prophet. I'm not scared. I'm anxious. This ain't nothing to make you afraid. It's something to help you get ready to let you know he is coming quickly. Can you shout amen? I'm telling you, in a moment, the trumpet's going to blow. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. Then we which are alive and remain are going to be caught up to meet him in the air. He is coming soon. Can you say amen? Somebody shout hallelujah. Oh, I don't think you're ready. Come on and say shout shout hallelujah. I am coming quickly. Now watch this. I love what happens. What does he say, Jonathan? He says then, he quotes, and he says something about the book. What does he say about the book? Read verse 7. What did he say? Keep the words of the prophecy and of this book. Keep the words of the prophecy and of this book. Watch this. Here's my statement to you. First thing is I come quickly. I'm wondering if you are a keeper of the book. Are you a keeper of the book? Are you a believer of the book? I saw some great folks in here at the 830 service, and they had kids on their shirts. Bunch of them, kids ministry. And I'm thinking, wow, there's some children today that heard the Word of God. Because you and I can recognize that heaven and earth will pass away, but the Word of God will not pass away. He's coming quickly. First thing, second thing is you've got to be a keeper of the Word. Don't ever allow the Word of God to become dim in your life. I love Samuel's ministry. He was there in the temple with Eli. And what was his job? It was to make sure that the lamp never went out in the house of God. I'm speaking to this place today and I'm declaring in these moments that I have with you that he is coming soon but don't lay the word down be a keeper of the word don't let it lay down don't let anybody ever tell you that it's not real don't anybody ever tell you that it's not going to last don't anybody don't ever let anybody tell you that it won't work for you because that word will heal you that word will save you that word will deliver you that word will keep you that word will hold you that's the promise of his word can you say amen so he says to them and reminds them and encourages them that he is coming quickly. And then he tells them that you cannot, you must be a keeper of the word. I want you to follow and I want you to look at what happens in verse 12. Read verse 12 for me, Jonathan. And behold, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me. He is a deliverer of reward. The word is going to last. He is coming quickly and he is a deliverer of reward. I want you to know I believe this like never before and I sense it in the body of believers, if you will understand that reward is all around us, quit bemoaning what God has put right in front of you to reach out and grasp and take. We have begged God for things that we should have just been thanking him for ahead of time. You don't have to beg him for your healing. Thank him for your healing. You don't have to beg him to save your children. Thank him that he's going to. He promised I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I won't walk off from you. And no matter what happens, I've always been beside you. I'm here today to tell you that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And if you will keep his word, understanding very soon he is to come, then you will also know that he is a deliverer of reward. Can you say amen? Amen. 
When I walked into that hotel a few moments ago, I'm going back there for the third time. I, I couldn't get over the lady's faces. She said, what's $20? But she said, what? she said, what's this for? And I thought, do you recognize what God has given us? He promised that there's not one thing in your life you'll ever have lack of. He promised you there'll be no lack in your life. He doesn't mean that you're always going to have more than enough at the right time when you think more than enough, but he's more than enough. Can you say amen? So I'm recognizing today in this house as I declare this word before you that after 103 years that I keep going back to that figure, but I'm letting you know that God is about to perform the greatest foundation explosion that he's ever happened. In the last days, he's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. His sons and daughters are going to multiply and they're going to prophesy and they're going to shout and they're going to preach. But you know more than that, there's going to be signs and wonders and miracles. How's that going to happen through you? Don't wait for them to come to the building. Catch them in the hotel lobby. Catch them. Anybody go to the dollar store? Oh, I guess I'm the only one. Is there anybody in this building that has never been to a dollar store? I want to I meet you. How many of you have been to a dollar store? Oh, hallelujah. Just want you to know they're not going to be in heaven. But today I'm telling you that whenever you walk into the presence of God, he's got a storehouse that's got everything shored up for you on every shelf, every deed that you have. And I tell you this today, he's coming quickly. Be a keeper of his word and remember that the reward is promised over you. What does he say about the counting of your work, Jonathan, in verse 12? What does he say? To give everyone according to his work. To give everyone according to his work. You will not be saved by your works, but you'll be known by your works. You can not be saved by your works so that no man could boast. But I'm telling you what you're going to be known by. And look at your neighbor and say, I really like you. No, I want you to look at I want you to get expressive. Say, I really like you. Come on, get a little bit more animated. Say, I mean, I really like you. Let me remind you, you got to love them to go to heaven. But when you start liking them, you need to recognize and know that in the world in which we're living in, the Lord just has given us an impetus as a church just to be nice to people, just to be a, a, a kind and, and gentle voice to him. What are you saying, Pastor? What I'm wanting you to see, that the gates of hell will not prevail against what the church is doing. But we've got to be the hands, the feet. We've got to recognize that what he's called us to do is to not rest on the laurels of 103 years. He's not coming because you've been here 103 years, parked up, laid up, and just saying, Lord, show up. He's here because you're getting up, going somewhere, and working for the kingdom and giving God glory. Would you give him a hand clap because he's just God? Oh, hallelujah. What does verse 13 say, Jonathan? I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the, the end. Yes. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what did he say? I'm the beginning. And the end. And I am the end. He's the first and the last, and there's none other. Somebody say, there ain't nobody else. Say, there ain't nobody else. See, there's coming a day when every knee's going to bow and every tongue's going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I understand that there's a lot that believe that when he spits the eastern skies. But I'm telling you what, there's an undercurrent that's happening in the church today, Pastor Rick. And I sense there are people that are putting everything else aside. And there's a church that's about to explode. And people are no longer going to be worried about protocol and customs of religion. But they're just going to want an encounter with the presence of God. And you're going to walk in and everything's going to be a little bit different because it's not going to be a program and we're going to stand and just sing we're standing on holy ground and the presence of God's going to sweep in why because you need to know that in this hour he is the first the last and none other he said that you'll lift him up and all will see that he is glorified that's the responsibility of you the believer and we as the church can you say amen, amen. oh hallelujah I love what he says in verse 16. This is, the, this is the sixth thing. What does he say, Jonathan, in verse 16? I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. 
I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. He says, I come quickly. I'm a keeper of the book. You're a deliverer of the reward, accounting of your work, first, last, and none other than I am. Then he says, I am the bright and morning star. I'm just going to say this. The light's about to come on. The star's about to shine. The presence of God is about to illuminate. Your darkness is about to become light. Why? Because he is the bright and the morning star. In the morning, everything fresh. In the morning, everything's new. Ask David. He said, your mercies are new every morning. I'm speaking into somebody's life right now that the presence of God is a morning experience for you right now. The darkness is leaving your mind. The depression is fleeing from your spirit. And today, I'm declaring that the morning star of your life, I'm talking to somebody's ministry. You thought it was over. It ain't done. He's just about to turn the morning starlight on for you. Somebody shout amen. Somebody shout amen. Oh, that clock just said 1138. Hallelujah. And I am 10 minutes late. Ain't God good all the time. Well, I might as well go on. It's my last trip. What did he say in verse 20? Jonathan, what did he say? He who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming quickly. So he starts out. I'm coming soon. Oh, then where does he take you to the end? I'm coming soon. Okay, he starts out telling you, I'm about to come. Then he ends up telling you, I'm about to come. But in the middle, do you recognize all that he did for you? Do you recognize all that you've got? Do you recognize all that's right there? What he tells you is, I'm a rewarder of those who diligently seek me. I'm a rewarder of my word. What he tells you is that I am the first and the last. What he tells you is, with me, there is none other. I'm telling somebody today in these lists of seven things that there's a God that has stepped into this house today and sent this guy from Louisiana and that guy from wherever he's from and that guy from wherever he's from and you from wherever you're from and he's put us all here together today to tell you that the gates of hell are not going to prevail against what I put in motion. I started it in the beginning. If you'll allow me to take you back to the book of Genesis, he stepped out into the black and the abyss of the universe and he said, let there be light and the morning star of Appeared. And I'm telling you today, I'm speaking that star of existence into your life and that illuminating force. Can you say amen? amen. Oh, look at your neighbor and say, if you'll help me stand up, he'll shut up. <laughs> Come on, look at your neighbor and say, help me stand up. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, help me stand up. Now, don't leave. I saw somebody say, look at the door. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, every head is bowed. You don't have to close your eyes. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I declare that your spirit and your presence is responding to a group of people in this house today that have been moved to be here today, not by accident, but by divine intent. This ain't no accidental moment because God don't do no accidents. He didn't just let your life show up. He said, I knew you when you were in your mama's womb. And I know the plans I have for you. And I, 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 I specifically, particularly chose you to be here today. So you, you are no accident. This is not just. But he's wanting me to tell you that he's coming quickly and you've got to keep the book. And you've got to recognize that he is a deliverer of a reward and he's coming to give you an award for the accounting of your work. And 103 years of work, he's going to give you an accounting. And if you are just a part of the kingdom of what he's doing right here, he wants to remind you that he is the first and the last and there's no other. And, and you cannot look for anything else. It all finds itself in him. He also wants to remind you that in the blackness of your night, that he is the bright and the morning star. And I'm just speaking a light that will come on in your life today. And a hope that will be illuminated into your spirit. And I want to remind you that, again, he said it twice, I'm coming quickly. So what I'm saying this now is a prayer to 
him for you and for me, and that is, Lord, come quickly. Come quickly. And, Lord, until you come, send yourself to us. Somebody say, now, Lord. Say, Lord, come now. Come into our minds. Come into our spirits. Come into our thoughts. Come into our mouths. Come into our living. And let us be the hope that this world needs. Let the next 103 seconds of our life, 103 minutes of our life, 103 hours of our life, 103 days, 103 years, if you wait that long, let it be said that on this day something transpired in each of us to make sure that we grabbed a hold of the great promise that no matter what hell throws at us, oh, there's one thing that hell can't have. And that's the church and the people that are a part of the church of the living God. And if you're thankful for that promise, would you say amen? amen. Raise your right hand with me today and say, Lord, we give you thanks just for being God. I want you to put your hands together and give him a hand clap because he's worthy of our praise. Amen. And amen. amen. Can you love him today? I was thinking about that scripture that he had read and I, I went and looked at it again because something hit me. And I've read that over and over, but I never really picked up on it till today. He said, I am the root and the offspring of David. And I stood there for a moment and I thought, oh, wait a minute. The root comes before the tree. He said, so I was here before David, but I came after David. I am the root. What? What do you? He, he's. I'm the Alpha, Omega, beginning, end, first, last. What's he saying? He's saying I got here before you got here, but I'm going to make sure that I'm here while you're here. I showed up before your life began, but I'm going to participate in your life. I am the root, but I am the offspring. The offspring is something that happens after. It's something that we give birth to. But what God does is his infinite wisdom is he rooted us in him, gave birth to us through him, and participates in our lives because of him. How many of you ready? for what he's got coming. Remember what pastor said at the very beginning? Who do you say that I am? I'd go a little bit further is who is he in you? Because you can confess something with your mouth, but until it gets in your heart, it's just words. God wants to do something. And I, I, I just got to tell you this. We're going to pray. And Jason, it's good to see you here, man. Bless you. But we're going to pray. I've watched something over the last few months and even in my own life that God is shifting things. That God is moving things because I believe we're at a crossroads in history of what's getting ready to transpire on a kingdom level. I can't tell you when he's coming, I just know how he's coming. You heard Pastor George Lee say quickly, somebody's coming soon, you got time to get ready. I'm gonna go clean my house up because they'll be here pretty soon. But when they come quickly, you look out the window and they're in your driveway and then chaos breaks out, man. You're throwing underwear under the couch and, you know, just trying to hide things instead of clean things. God's cleaning some things up. No more hiding things. He's just saying, look, you, you got nothing to hide. I was telling people, they, well, you know, God would save me. I said, he saved me. <laughs> Paul talks about how bad he was. And he said, it's a testimony to the grace of God. Basically what Paul's saying is if he did it for me, he'd do it for anybody. 
So this is what I want to ask you today. 103 years, we're celebrating an anniversary. And you heard me say for years, if, if living for God had been about going to a church and sitting on a pew, I would have never done it. There had to be a reality to God for me. That reality is what changed my life. That reality is what directs my life. And that reality is what's preserved my life. Yeah, I, I, the, the, what I went through over the last month, it, it took me to a place and I was praying. I said, God, look, I, I get it. I said, if you're done with me, I'm ready to go. I, I said, I, I'm okay with that. I said, but God, I really don't believe you're done with me. And I, then you get to thinking, well, if, if you are done with me, I sure wished I'd done a lot more. <laughs> you know, because I, I don't, I, I'm saved by grace, but I'm rewarded according to my works. How many of you are ready to roll your sleeve up and just say, let's get at it? <laughs> Amen. Let's get at it. Let's just, no more inhibitions, no more fears, no more worries about what you think somebody's going to think. No more, no more holding back, no more trepidation, but just stepping out and saying, you know what? He's God and he's able and here I am. I, I want to tell everybody, I want everyone to know something as simple as cleaning up coffee that had an impact on a lady's life and he shows up with 40 bucks like he's the candy man. What's God, it doesn't, isn't it what God does with us? Is he takes our lives and he says, I'm going to use you as a conduit to touch someone else's life. And it's not about you, it's all about me, but I need somebody to let them know that I love them, that I care about them, that they're going to be okay. I've got a plan, it's not over, it's just beginning. Somebody shout, it's just beginning. Hey, it feels good to be able to praise God. It feels good not to lay flat on your back. It feels good to know that he's able, that he's alive, he's well, and think he's just getting started, folks. He's just getting started. I'm not going to preach, but I am going to tell you this. I have a new appreciation of time. Because that's the one thing that you can run out of and not be able to buy any more of. You ever waste time? Think about it. You can waste time, but you can't save it. So there's only one thing you can do with time that makes sense, and that's invested. <laughs> invest your time in God and let God invest his time in you. Amen. I want you to stretch your hands. Hey, if you got a need today, I just want you to raise your hands to heaven with me right now, believing that God is going to meet that need. You believe that God's able to do it? Just raise that hand up with me right now. Father, we... We give you praise, God. Hey, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. I'm just going to give you what I'm hearing. I will do that that I promised. I've not changed my mind. I will perform it not in your time, but in mine. Trust me. Trust me. Father, I praise you. God, we love you today. You, you have a need, extend your hand to him right now. Father, you are Alpha and Omega. 
You're Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God that heals. You're Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides. You're the God that brings peace. And you're the God that brings power. I'm asking you today to minister to the needs of your people in the capacity that they need you. Lord, let the best begin right now. Let it begin now. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Come on and give them a hand clap of praise in this house. They're going to sing us out of here. We love you. God loves you. And the best is still in front of you. Come on, give them a hand clap. We love you today. Jesus from the mountains. Jesus in the streets. Come on. Jesus in the dark.